scripture memory verse tonight, one that we've had before, it's been a quite some time, Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, so you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, then you shall make your way prosperous, then you shall be of good success, Joshua 1.8. Anybody else? I think I have a little bit of the King Jameth in mind. I might have learned it in the King Jameth days. Anybody else? Honey? Close, but she left out <laughs> that you may observe to do according. But that's pretty close. I meant in my heart to say that. <laughs> Anybody else? Joshua 1 8. Joshua 1 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may do, observe. or that you may observe to do. According to all that is written in it, for then you shall, or for then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall be of good success. Where's it at? Joshua one eight. Good job. Now I know it's a big verse for just one week, guys, but <clears throat> it's okay. Read it. We're doing good. It's close. Uh, we're going to move forward with it. I'm not going to give you another week. Anybody else? Uh, Joshua 1.8. I think I totally blanked. This? <laughs> this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, um, that you may observe to do all that is... According. <laughs> that you may observe... <laughs> To do according to all that is written in it, for then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Joshua 1.8. Good job. Anybody else? Joshua 1.8. Oh, is Casper supposed to go first? <laughs> <laughs> Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observed to do according to all that is written therein for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous and then thou shalt have good success joshua 1 8. good job ray thank you i cheated i had to read it <laughs> that's fine it's king james too that's good that's good um okay joshua the lord is salvation moses is dead. Doesn't go in. Joshua is going to take them into the promised land. Um, they're ready to cross over the Jordan. And they've been 40 years in the wilderness. And now everybody has passed away that was above 20 years old. Except for Caleb and Joshua. And they, they really wandered for like 38 years going around the same mountain. 
the same rock, and they're getting ready to cross over, which is amazing. Now, I, I think in the last couple of lessons, I think I made a mistake, and you can see it in uh, chapter 4, uh, verse 19, because I think I was referring to Numbers 33, but actually they crossed over the Jordan, and when they came out, 419 tells us, when they crossed the Jordan, it was the tenth of Nisan. It was the tenth of their first month. And that's what I had been saying, but I think I was looking in the wrong place. And it, it's talking about when they left out of, um, of course, the tenth of Nisan being the day of triumphal entry or Palm uh, Sunday, what we call Palm Sunday. Also, it's the day that they picked the lambs in Exodus 12. And then on the 14th of Nisan, they would have... Uh, killed the lambs at twilight and then when they left out of Egypt was the 15th day the next morning which uh, is what numbers 33 said and I got those a little bit mixed up and you guys probably said we never noticed but I still want to correct it because I know there's a couple tapes out there from Sunday and from last Friday that I think I said those dates wrong and I wanted to get that right that they actually crossed over the Jordan on the 10th of Nisan interesting it was probably called, the, it says the first month. It was probably a bib then. But here they are. They're going to cross over. Moses has died. Now, there's a lot of stuff we could teach in this. I'm not going to teach it. I'm just going to read it to you because we're not there right now. We're just looking at the memory verse, okay? So let's look at verse 1, and we'll read down, and then we'll comment on the memory verse uh, for a moment. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord... It came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness from the wilderness and this Lebanon as far as the great river the river Euphrates all the land of the Hittites and the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life as I was with Moses so I will be with you I will not leave you nor forsake you what a great promise you see that promise just as God was listen to me with Moses, who represents the law, so shall he be with Joshua, who represents salvation, or Jesus, taking them across on the tent of Nisan, so shall he be with them. Now listen, remember that Psalms 19 tells us, 19.7, that the law of the Lord is perfect, right? 19.7 tells us the law of the Lord is perfect. What's it do? Converts the soul. The law has always been perfect. There's nothing wrong with the law. Moses represents the law. You just have to keep the law perfectly. And the only one that done that was Jesus. And then he gives us his righteousness when we believe in him. Right? And then we can cross over. Did you say uh, 1.5b said that uh, I will not leave thee nor forsake thee? Yeah. Says I will not fail thee in the King James Version. Does it? Uh-huh. Same, same thing. Forsake, fail. Verse 6, be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance 
the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. Now listen, it's extremely hard for me to not talk about these verses. So I'm restraining myself to move on and get to the verse. Um, but notice then he gives us after telling him, what, look what he says in 7. Listen, he's already said it in 7. Only be strong and very courageous. And we want to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, according to his spirit, okay? Not according to who we are, but according to what promises God has already given us. According to what God has told us to do, when we follow that, we have his promise that he will not fail us King James. He will not forsake us, New King James, but he'll always be with us. Anytime we have the promises of God and we follow them, he will not break them. He's not going to ever. That's why we can pray and ask what we desire if we ask what God is already doing. If we're in line with him, being led by his spirit, we're going to be talking a lot about the spirit in the next few lessons, and I want you to understand that, that that's the relationship we're having now. They were led by the law. They were following the law. We have a relationship with the Spirit of God that's pointing to the truth of God so that you and I can be sanctified by God, the living Word of God. And this relationship where we're being betrothed to our, to our, to our uh, uh, husbandman, Jesus, we have to be prepared by the Spirit of God who is here to lead us into <coughs> all truth. And so this is, I mean, when they're going across and they're going through, they're following the law, but they're being led by the Spirit also. They, they have the Spirit of God with them wherever they go. All of God's children do. It, God used it, we'll talk about it Sunday, but God put His Spirit upon people for specific purposes in the Old Testament. And now, as His children, we can have the Spirit upon us for power in the New Testament. But look at this, then He says, this book of the law. Why? Because he told him in 7 to be strong and courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn to the right or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. So, so why, would this, why would he say next, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth? Because you've got to get in it to know what he said. Now, he's referring to the book of the law as the Pentateuch. It's the first five books, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. That's what we're looking at. We just finished them. Joshua is book number six, right? He's number six, number of man. We need to be listening to what God says. Sixth book. And he says, this book shall not depart from your mouth. This, this book of the law, this book of what is being, it's the Torah, the law, the precepts, the standards, uh, especially the Pentateuch is what it says. And it says, shall not depart. Listen to me. This is the word, uh, shall not depart is used in Exodus when God is leading them through the wilderness. Listen, Exodus 13, 22, it says, he did not take away, depart. What? He did not take away the pillar of cloud by day, 
nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. And it's the same word that's being used here that we do not want to take away the word of God, the law of God, this book of the law. We should not take it away from our mouth. We need to be learning it. And then out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And we begin to share it. We begin to tell people about it. It's not just, it's not just a, 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 um, something that is here to give us the history of what God is doing. But this is here because it's living and active and we should not withdraw from it. What's going on in our perilous times? We just went to Second uh, 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 Timothy, right? 3.1. In the last days, perilous times shall come. Why? Because we've withdrawn. We've departed from. We've taken away the word of God. That's what the devil wants to do in death culture. He took away the word of God from Eve by causing her to doubt it and to think that there was another government that she could follow. There was another way to get the fellowship with God. And so we do not want to take away the word of God because here he's talking about the first five books, but it generally becomes known as all of them. To the, to, the, to the Joshua and, and, and the books that are written throughout the Old Testament, uh, 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 the 39 books would have been for the nation of Israel. But us, we have 66 books now that we need to learn. We need to be in. We're not learning them like, I know them. I got that one checked off, that one checked off. We're building a relationship with the living word of God. Well, how are you doing it, Greg? Well, I'm drawing near. I don't want this book uh, to depart from my mouth. So I have to learn it. It has to be written in my heart. The Spirit of God brings it out of my mouth and I can share it with others. I can memorize it like we're doing right now. I can, I can meditate on it. He's getting ready to say. And, and we can begin to grow in it and then learn to obey it. To learn to do it and not turn from the right or the left, but to continue to follow it. Why is that, Greg? Because that's the inheritance we were given. Christ gave us his perfect righteousness because he obeyed it perfectly. And we want to be like Christ. So shouldn't we be looking to obey the word of God by the spirit of God for the glory of God? He's, he's making us like Jesus. Well, who's Jesus? He's the Messiah. Well, what's the Messiah? He's the one that came and died for the sins of the world when God came. And, and he obeyed the law perfectly. That's the example. Well, we don't have to do that. All we have to do is say a prayer and we're okay. No. When you say a prayer, you believe. But one prayer, my house should be a house of prayer to all nations. I said one. See if that works with your spouse. I told you I loved you when we got married. Doesn't work. I mean, I'm being a little bit facetious here, but think about this. He took away the penalty and the power of sin so that we can run this race. We can follow the author and finisher of our faith without worrying about the penalty. He took the penalty. He took our curse without, without the power of it interfering unless we believe the liar, right? That's what Eve did. Eve believed the liar about what should be happening. See, the devil has no power over us. It's taken away. And now he wants to take the practice out. He wants to take away the very practice so that we learn to walk righteously, purified, holy and true, just like Jesus did. Behold, it is written in the volume of the book that I have come to do thy will, O God. We should be doing the same thing by the power of the Holy Spirit, looking to be washed and cleansed with the Word of God. 
Now, now, is that going to take a lifetime? Yes. It probably will take forever, and then we'll meet Jesus, and he'll make us just like him. But it's still the target is to be holy. It's called holiness. And holiness seems to have a bad name in the church today. Sanctification seems to have a bad name in the church today. Being like Christ seems to have a bad name in the church today, and it shouldn't. We should be meditating on this book of the law. That's what he says. This book of the law shall not depart, withdraw, cease, be removed, taken away from your mouth, your speech, what you speak about, what you talk about, what you rehearse. You should meditate in it, ponder it, study it. How much? I already read it once, day and night. What is that? Is that the whole 24-hour period? Oh, my goodness. Just stand around and read it? No, but you can meditate on it. And now, we're, listen, we're not talking about meditation like they do today, where you empty your mind. No, no, no. We're filling our mind with the truth of God's Word so that we, so that, so that we can have our mind renewed. You don't empty your mind let your brains fall out. You read the Word of God, you're having a relationship with God, and He washes and cleans your mind, and it's renewed. Like Paul says in Romans 12, 1 and 2, I beseech you, I urge you, I'm pleading with you, considering the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable spiritual duty, reasonable service as a priest, a believer priest, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So we want to meditate on the Word of God. We want to cling to the Word of God. We don't want to empty our minds and let, and let some other spirit come and try to invade us like they're teaching to do in yoga and other types of labyrinth walking and different things that we do. We want to fill our mind with the Word of God by the Spirit of God and be washed and cleansed and be renewed with truth so that we can step away from the lie. We can resist the devil, and he flees. But we first must submit to God. And what does he say? This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But what, Greg? You shall meditate in it day and night. And it has the connotation as you're pondering it. Like we get a message now. You read in the morning. You might read in the afternoon. You're thinking about the Word of God. You're going through your day. And, and falsely, we've been told, and somebody has said, that cows have four stomachs, but they don't. They have one stomach with four sections in it, and they chew their cud. They'll chew the grass, and then they swallow it down into the first part of the belly. There's four parts of, the, of their stomach, but there's only one stomach. And as they keep doing that, then they, then they regurgitate it, in a sense, back up out of the first part. They chew it a little bit more, then they swallow it down into the second. But it's a process of going through those four stomachs before it becomes milk before it goes out the other side and becomes waste, before it goes through the body and it's processed. And that's what you and I do with the Word of God. It's called meditating. It's not emptying your mind. It's not focusing on something else. It's looking at what God's truth is compared to how you feel, how you think, what your flesh wants to do, how you want to live like everybody else and be conformed to the world. But the Word of God says, no, no, no. 
and you say, I want to meditate on this and learn to do according to what it says. Not just be a hearer, but become a doer of the word of God, as James tells us in 1 uh, 22. Be doers and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. So many people are self-deceived. They say, well, I read the Bible. I heard the Bible. Well, the pastor talked about the Bible. Listen, it's not about the Bible as much as it's about the, 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 the testimony of, of the God of the Bible, the God who created us, the God who came and died for us, and us having a relationship with that God through the word, through the truth, and we won't be deceived by following some lie and following some other God and end up in the wrong place. It's about meditating and learning this word that's unchanging because the word of God himself is unchanging. He's the unchanging God who came and died for us. So we want to meditate, chew upon. Have you ever noticed that you read it one time? The next time you read it, there's more there. You're chewing upon it. More comes out. More nourishment comes out. And you're drawing closer and closer. You're learning it. You, when we give the memory verse, and I'm going to give another one out tonight. And then when you start to look at it, you go, oh, oh. And, you know, and, and, and it really is. We were talking about it today because we cleaned the law office last night. And we were talking about it that people don't understand it. But when you're reading a legal brief, you can just read right over stuff. And then you go, oh. Well, and, and, but your lawyer might say to you, what did you read? What did you see? Because that's not what is said on the paper. That's not what the brief says. You need to read that again and pay attention to every little word because it all has a purpose. It all has a meaning. It all has something that it's saying to you. And you need to be meditating on what it says. And we would do that if it was our estate or if it was something to do with the court system and they were going to take your money and it was civil law or something. We'd be like, wait a minute, what does this say? This is about your soul. What does this book say? What does it really say? Are you going to trust somebody else with your soul? Listen, listen. Are you going to trust the pastor with your soul? Are you going to trust the neighbor who's teaching the Bible? Are you going to trust, listen to me, grandma who also said put mustard on your burn? Are you just going to trust that? I'm not being mean about grandma. Grandma's a nice, loving lady. She meant well when she said put mustard on that burn and it made that blister stay in there and get bigger and it kept the heat inside there. But we always have all kinds of crazy remedies. But what does the word of God say? Very important to understand that you have a personal responsibility to have a personal relationship as the bride of Christ. If you believe in Christ to draw near and be equipped and be ready and be adorned as that bride by being sanctified and cleansed. It's your personal responsibility. And you can't get to the throne room and go, well, the pastor said, no, you need to have a personal relationship with the word of God and the God of the word. Meditate in it day and night. All the time is the is the thought there day and night. It's all the time that this is this is what's most important. And yet we find ourselves meditating on other things. Focusing on other things that we think are more important. Yeah, that you may observe to do according. You know, the observe means to preserve and reserve and to save and to be a watchman. 
We're watchmen on the wall. We're supposed to be sounding the alarm for others. It also means to mark. It means to guard and protect. It means to be circumspect. When you're observing, it's obeying. Listen, look what's he say in the New Testament in Matthew 28, 18 uh, uh, through 20. He says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go, therefore, and teach, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to observe all that I commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Teach them to obey. Observing is guarding and protecting and marking out and being circumspect or walking as diligently as possible. And the word to do here means to execute, to do or to make. But listen to this. It means to finish. It means to let it govern you. Listen, the only government there's ever been is God. To do is to govern in the Hebrew. That's what this word can be translated, to govern you. What happened when somebody enticed Eve to, to follow something else instead of doing the word of God? She came underneath another government, and she, she had original sin. And that original sin her husband followed because he wasn't teaching her to follow God and meditate on his word and what he had commanded him to do. And so, therefore, you and I are born with a sin nature. Listen, to do it means we're under the government of God. We're being governed by God. We're not being deceived. We're executing. We're looking to obey God and do according to what he has said. We're, we're going to observe to do. That's the heart of the saint. That's the heart of that God is telling Joshua and the people to have as they go across <coughs> the Jordan. Remember before what happened? They crossed the Jordan and the ten spies come back and gave a bad report. And they didn't do what God had said. And then when they realized they were getting ready to be under punishment, what did they do? We'll do it, we'll do it, we'll do it. And some people tried to go and it was too late. And some of them died. And he said, no, because you would not observe to do according to what I said. I told you to go into the land. Now you're going to be in the wilderness for 38 more years. And no one over 20 years old except for Joshua and Caleb. <laughs> I'm sorry. Every time I say the name Caleb, knowing that it means dog, it's funny. So, uh, and of course, the Gentiles are little dogs that eat the crumbs from underneath the table um, in the New Testament. Little puppies. Anyway, uh, let's get back to it. Um, Observe to do according to all that is written in it. Uh, to grave or learn it, learn it all. You know, Paul said to the Ephesian elders when he left them there, and he knew he was going to be going uh, to Rome, and he didn't know if he'd ever see him again. He said, I have not failed to teach you the full counsel of God. And so, so many people will just, just read some of it. Well, I don't understand what he's saying there in Deuteronomy. It, that you don't have to understand it. You're supposed to read it. You're supposed to get in it. You're supposed to draw near. Ask the Holy Spirit to uncover it and to reveal it to you. And then the more you do, the more he will show you. But you have to have the Spirit of God. Spiritual book, spiritual kingdom. God is a spirit. And the Spirit of God is God. But God, very God, completely. And that Spirit, God, his relationship with you will take the word and open it in order for you 
to be sanctified and cleansed. In order for you to come back underneath the government of his word and what he has said. In order for you to be returned to safety or delivered back to safety, salvation. Soteria, that's what that means, to be delivered to safety. So we're looking at the word of God, spending time in the word of God day and night, meditating in it so we can observe it and then learn to do it and obey it, not for salvation, but because of salvation, because we're looking to be like our husbandman, Christ, who obeyed it perfectly. And how can two walk together unless they're agreed? Well, I'll tell you how. You believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and God raised him from the dead. He gives you his righteousness. And now the two agree together as one, positionally, but practically he wants us to learn to walk it out and to be a light and tell others about it. Not for salvation, but because of salvation, we want to be pleasing to our husbandman, the one we're betrothed to. And we're going to learn to do according to all that is written in it. Well, why would we do that? For then you will make your way, your course of life, your conversation, your custom, your path, prosperous, profitable. Listen, listen, I know people want to be prosperous and they're going... Well, I went and got an education so I could get a better job because then I'm more prosperous. But that's not what this is talking about. Listen, God's economy is in people. God's economy is in souls. God's economy in government is in those who obey him. Listen, he wants us to obey him. And part of obeying him is confessing that we're not. But the other part of obeying him is trusting in his provision for the sin nature, which is Jesus to Christ. And we believe in him and he gives us his righteousness. But, but, but God's economy is in souls. And what we think is prosperous down here, because of the devil's government, is building materials in heaven. Roads are made out of it. Doors are made out of it. God is concerned about the souls. Now, now can we use the stuff that the devil has down here? Yes, God uses all things for good for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. And we're in the world, but we're not of the world. And this stuff doesn't take our heart and steal it and make us chase after it. We are meditating on the word of God to do what he says, not what the devil says. We have one government, and that's the government of God. And the government of God tells us we should obey the government of the land. We should learn to obey authority because original sin started in rebellion to authority, the authority of God's government. So obviously we're supposed to learn to obey authority, but we don't want to obey authority that's lying to us like the devil did. That would be, that would be kind of a, a, wouldn't that be kind of like an oxymoron? If God said, okay, I'm bringing salvation, now I want you to obey a government that's lying to you completely, just like the devil did originally. That caused original sin. No, we don't obey lies. Our eyes are being opened. We're being given wisdom. Whoa, let me get to the next point. Let me get, you want to be prosperous? You want to be prosperous, right? You want to make your way straight? Look what good success means. Listen, good success. Oh, I got good success. I got a PhD behind my name. Permanent head damage if it hasn't been checked by God's word and God's spirit. Listen to me. What is good success on this planet? Oh, I got, a, I got a spouse. I got two and a half kids. I got six-figure job. I got 401k. 
Are, are you with me? I got a good insurance plan. That's success. That's good success here in the devil's economy, in this government. I'm not telling you that it's not wise to do it, but if that's what you're trusting in, you're in trouble at the heart of your Christian walk. Listen to me. Good success is this, to be circumspect. This is what it could have been translated, intelligent, uh, to consider an expert, to be considered an expert. Listen, when you're meditating in the Word of God and spending time with the Creator God and having a relationship with the Spirit of God and the Word of God, He actually makes you prudent and you have good success and understanding. And listen, here it is, wisdom. The wisdom of God. Listen, and you will know more than any PhD that doesn't know God. You will have more intelligence, more understanding. You'll be considered an expert and be able to instruct somebody who doesn't know God if you meditate in this word. This is the God of the universe. He says that, that, that my foolishness is smarter than the most intelligent of the planet. His foolishness. Listen to me. We have to wake up. Good success is about having the wisdom of God, the understanding of God, and, be, and being able to be prudent and walk circumspectly and give other people truth of life. It's not about having good success of what the world calls success, but what does God call success? Oh my goodness, that you'd be like my son Jesus. Oh my goodness, that you'd be like me, the Father in heaven. This is what God calls good success, that we would be wise and understanding and not follow a lie and follow earthly, central, demonic wisdom. But we read these verses and we look at them in a physical sense. Oh, I want to be prosperous. I'd like to get a good job. Oh, I want to be good success. I want to be the boss. This is not what this is talking about. In fact, if you flip it over, the, the, the one who's, having, uh, who's being prosperous and having good success is serving. Joshua was leading two and a half million people across the Jordan or more, and he's the servant just like Moses was. He's the one that's serving God. That's where prosperity and good success comes from, is doing the word of God, doing the will of God, being faithful to the word of God. That's where we need to be. You want to have, be prosperous and have good success? Everybody does then meditate in the Word of God. Get into the Word, prayer, and fellowship. Spend time with God. Be concerned about what God's concerned about. Have your heart turned toward the living God who has died and sent His greatest possession, His Son, His only begotten Son, to save souls. And then He made us light bearers, those that would go out and be witnesses and give testimony so that other people could say, I believe that. I want more of that. I want to know what that's about. I want to be married to that God and follow him and one day be with him for eternity. So he tells him in verse 9, Have I not commanded you? Be strong. Strong in the Lord. And of good courage. Take courage because the God of the universe has called you. Do not be afraid nor dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Where are you going? Listen, people are hiding in their houses. They're hiding behind masks. They don't want to talk about anything. Where are we going? We're supposed to be going to all nations and teaching them. 
And if they listen, what's the first thing they do? They're going to be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, because that's identification. And then what do we do, Greg? Then we teach them to observe or obey all that God commanded us. It, it hasn't changed any. Listen, it's the same thing. He sent us a love letter, and he wants us to spend time in it, and then his spirit will wash and cleanse us and uncover it, and then we can become wise and intelligent and instructors to tell others, to instruct others so that they can come out of the dark as we shine a light in, they can come out following the light. Isn't that cool? Are you reading the word? Isn't it amazing that when they come out of Egypt that the cloud... He didn't take the pillar of cloud by day or the pillar of fire by night from before the people. He was there protecting them with a cloud uh, and during the daytime when the hot sun was out and then the fire for a light at night so that they could see. He, he provides for everything. Even in the, this great darkness that we look around, our hope is in Jesus. He's a consuming fire. He's consuming those that are disobeying him and then he's also consuming the lies from us as we walk with him and are obeyed by him. And he gives us wisdom in order to not follow the lie. Next week, guess what it is? There's only a bunch of them. Oh, Romans 8.14. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the children of God. Told you he was going to be getting into this. The Spirit of God. Write it down. Romans 8, 14. Been quoting it for a long, long time. Now we're going to look at it a little bit. And we're going to understand Romans 8, 14. This relationship. What did you say? Once a year? Yeah. Oh, I do it a whole lot more than that every week in my sermon. Because we have to understand that if we're walking in the flesh, we're not, we're not following Jesus. We're not following God. If we're living according to the natural wisdom of this world and what they're saying, we're ignoring God and quenching and grieving and ignoring the Spirit of God. So we want to be led by, taught by, instructed by, washed and cleansed by. We're going to talk about this, the Spirit of God, because that's what His children are doing. That's how they're living. So write it down while you're meditating on this book of the law, meditating on this word. Ask the Holy Spirit to teach you, instruct you, and guide you, and lead you into life with His wisdom. It's God Himself, God Himself, who comes and lives in the heart of every saint when you believe. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit. Lead us. And uh, Lord, we ask you to, to direct us where we're supposed to go, our conversation, our intellect. And everything that we would desire, Lord, we pray it would be what you desire for us and that we would be able to speak to others uh, your word to set them free. Thank you for such a great salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The Lord bless you.